Hey everyone, Brett here with the Indie Comics Dispatch. On this week's episode, we host a panel of indie fantasy comic writers. Joining us this week is Jordan Lambert, Charlene Jones, and Dorfees Jean for a great discussion on fantasy as a genre, fantasy and indie comics, and just really all things fantasy. As always, broadcast from the Dispatch is first a live stream. You can catch us most Wednesday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on the Indie Comics Dispatch Facebook and YouTube channels. But since you're listening to this on podcast, we encourage you to rate subscribe, share, do all the podcast things. It really does help get the word out about Indie Comics Dispatch and broadcast from the Dispatch within the podcast community. Also, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Indie Comics Dispatch, or you can search Indie Comics Dispatch in the Patreon app. It really does help. You can pledge as little as $3 a month to help keep broadcasts, well, broadcasting. But without any further ado, here's this week's episode of Broadcast from the Dispatch. This is Scorpio Chronicles, your host for Kickstarter Connection. Join me on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time for the latest and the greatest on indie comics and the creative teams that are behind them. See you on Tuesday. Stay positive. Test negative. Hey, everybody. It's Brett with the Indie Comics Dispatch and broadcasting from an undisclosed location deep within the Milky Way galaxy. This is broadcast from the Dispatch. Good evening. Good evening. We meet again. <laughs> I noticed the past couple of weeks, my mic is always kind of shit at the beginning part of the um, broadcast. So it gets better. I don't know what's going. Yeah, and it gets better as we go along. I don't know what it is, but yeah. Well, I, I figured guys. out. Um, <laughs> I figured out. I think over, think over the weekend because I was recording something, um, and I realized that my crisper wasn't on so the last oh. couple of shows i probably sounded like crap so hopefully i sound better today i think i did i think I, as long as it didn't turn off on an automatic better yeah, yeah you know how that works sometimes <laughs> so <laughs> let's see no no it should be good it should be good all right so i should be good but yeah so so what you got going on this week man i've been seeing some cool uh, art being posted yeah and i'm wearing the shirt for it right now property of sorbonne <laughs> academy uh <laughs> Yeah, we have merch at Sovereign Comics. Uh, but yeah, so Temple High is in production, and I am so stoked. Like, uh, the fans have been seeing the art, and they're like, yes, I've been waiting for it, you know. So I'm I'm excited to show that. Um, I think I showed you the colored page. Yeah, um, you did. Yeah, and and man, I'm just... And that's those pages are dope, but, like, there's even doper stuff to come. Like, the first 10 <laughs> pages are crazy. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm me excited. too. Seeing seeing the art come out and your your team's cranking it out. Oh yeah, hella fast, fast right now. Yeah, moving yeah. hella fast. So I'm looking at it and and I was talking to one of my friends. They were like, "Are you done with the script?" I'm like, uh, "A couple pages off." <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah. the, "I'm like, is the way they're the way they're moving? It's it's insane. Like they're gonna be done with those pages. I would say they'll probably be done with those ten pages by next week. It is gonna be wow. Nuts. So that wow." Be, so then we're going to jump right into the right into the next, and 
then there's a cypher team Kickstarter. Then after that, it's going to be the Temple High Kickstarter, and everybody's waiting for that. So, so it's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah. So, well, I just want to say, if you're out there watching this right now, I, I'm looking down, I'm listening to Tier, but I'm also sharing the stream. And so, if you are yes. out there watching, Share sharing is caring. Share the stream and yep. um, help us reach more people. Um, Aaron from Catalyst Comic Studio says, "Don't worry, Aaron is here." We were very Welcome. worried, Aaron. We were. We were. We were worried. <laughs> Aaron is the Dispatch's <laughs> newsroom editor, and so yep. um, he's probably writing a story about our poor behavior right now. Exactly. Um, about what, what we're going to do wrong to get kicked off the internet. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so um, it is it is the last day of March. March had five weeks in it this mm -hmm. month, and so um, we had five March shows. Um, ICD and Friends is here again next week. A mm -hmm. little bit rearranged. I'm um, still most of the friends will be here, um, but I've moved a couple to a couple other nights because it makes more sense for April to do that um, yeah. based on their personal projects. Um, yeah. So um, that'll be next week. Um, you do see at the bottom of your screen if you're watching this via live stream or just listen to this address. If you're listening to podcast, patreon.com slash indie comics dispatch. Um, we got some really cool announcements coming for the patrons in April. Um, some uh, more joint ventures uh, between the dispatch and snowy works LLC um, exclusively mm -hmm. for our patrons. So stay yes. tuned for that. Cause I'm really excited to announce that. You're, um, you're, you're all gonna love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, so, But you can only get that and hear about it first if you're a patron. Patreon.com slash Indie Comics Dispatch. Go help us out um, by yeah. um, signing up for to be a patron for as little as $3 a month there. You get cool stuff. Last month, um, you uh, patrons got three digital comics. Yeah. As part of you're being always getting something. As a patron, yeah. you're always getting something. Like digital yeah. comics, physical comics. Uh, bonus content. Can, yeah, bonus content, bonus questions, books that yeah. you can read that brings you into the perspective of certain indie creators like oh, yep. you're always gonna get something yeah it's really cool it's really cool i wish i could be a patron but i can't because yeah. it's my patreon and it doesn't let me do that um <laughs> but i'm excited for tonight's show um yep. because i love fantasy first of all mm -hmm. um sci-fi and fantasy top two genres um but then beyond that we have our first all female panel yes um so we, as the males in the room, we're going to ask the questions, but then we're going to listen and shut up and, and let the women talk tonight. Um, yep. So yep. I might um, ask a question when it's appropriate, like a yes. know, question here and there. But yeah, I definitely exactly. will keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. We're going to ask the questions and then listen for the answers and, mm -hmm. and, and go for it. Mm -hmm. um, so you ready, to in, you ready for us to introduce? Oh, yeah. Let's get it started. Right. First up. We have a Jordan Lambert. She grew up in the Los Angeles area. She earned her master's in media studies from the new school. Today, she works in fashion as well as being a DM and player at Q Times, a host on Smells Like Teen Angst, and a writer for Wingless Comics. Jordan, welcome. Hey, guys. I am hey. here. Well, we're excited <laughs> to have you. Yeah, um, your definitely. your brother is is um, on the show, um, you know, fairly often, um, yeah. at least lurking yeah, in the lot, comments. And I, yeah, he's, I have he's my Justice shirt on tonight. Um, I have quite often watched when he is here on the show. And the only reason I don't have on my Justice shirt is because where the camera framing is, you won't be able to see it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had to lift up, so you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, lift up a little. Tier, you have some fans. I've been waiting for so long to see Tier shut up. Here for this. Thank you, Aaron. Wow. <laughs> That's how we're going to do it, Aaron. That's how we're going to do it. The last couple of shows, I haven't said nothing. I've been... No, you've been fairly quiet. <laughs> um, 
So tell us a little bit about what your projects you got going on right now, what you can, because I know um, Brian is referred to as the Suge Knight of indie comics, so you don't want to yeah. spill any beans that you can't spill. Um, I... But tell, tell us what you got going on. <laughs> I am working on two titles that are associated with Wingless Comics, and that is all I will say now, because I don't want to argue with my brother later. However, we argue all the time. He can't stop me from saying things. Uh, <laughs> I also just finished season one of Blackness and Dragons, which is an all-black D&D campaign that I am the DM for on Q Times, and we're on a break the month of April, and we'll come back in May with season two. Nice. Awesome. Very cool. Very, 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 cool. very cool. We'll have a Scorpio tune into that show. Um, oh, yeah, he needs to get some pointers. He does. <laughs> Next up... Uh, Charlene. Charlene R. Jones was born and bred in Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, she earned her BS from Kansas State University. In the mid-90s, she moved to New York, where she worked in a new emerging art genre, independent film. She earned her MA in secondary education, her MS in counseling, and her MFA in TV, film, dramatic writing. MFA, you had a lot of school. Um, yeah. that, that was... That was that was a joke. Um, not a very funny one. Um, from Savannah College of Arts and Design, the wonderful school I'm yeah. in Atlanta. Um, in 2017, with most with much encouragement, Charlene took her MFA thesis, Black Star, and turned it into an award-winning comic book. Charlene is the owner and operator of Say It For Me, because I don't want to get it wrong. Sugarlene Publications. Sugarlene Publications, and has been the award-nominated Gumballs and a graphic novel that will be released this year. Charlene, welcome. Hi. I feel, like, I feel like I got a degree upgrade. I'm like three off. I know. Somebody who hates school. I hate school. And I work in a school. And I don't like the, school. The funny part is the is the folks who hate school are the ones with all the degrees. Yeah. <laughs> punishment. Yeah. <laughs> but after that last lesson, I ain't doing nothing else. No, and I don't blame I, you. I'm going to be on YouTube <laughs> like these young kids. <laughs> Shoot, YouTube. Charlene, welcome. Uh, tell us a little bit about Black Star. So Black Star was actually uh, came about as my thesis study, uh, the absence of black superhero female characters. Um, it's only so many times that we could see Storm. Paul <laughs> Dixon yeah. doesn't get any play. Um, and so and so on. You only got like Perfect. so many names. And yeah. so um, I just took that and I created one. And I, I, she is a scientist during the day. Her name is Dr. Michelle Lee. And of course, we had the good old lab accidents that happened. And she got into a lab accident. And um, she got imbued with the powers of a supernova. And we take it from there. And you said you read it. And I'm glad you liked it. And there's so much more that goes on in, in, in between that. I've just given you guys the really short cliff notes. And I based the character out of a real person, my sister, who is actually a scientist. Her name is Michelle Lee. And um, just a tribute to her for all her support and love. Yeah, 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 that's it, that's it. Right there. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Reading, yep, it's still over here on my desk. Um, Cleaning up the streets of bed style. <laughs> one criminal at a time. One goon at a time. So 
It's yeah, I love it. We're working on a review for it for next week, hopefully, on uh, the dispatch to get that up. So, um, yeah, look for that. I, I, I want to talk to you at some point about the printing of it because it, it's got a great feel to it. I love it. It gives, it gives me that, like, nostalgic comic book yes. feel to it. I think yes. it, 133 Art printed it. Is that correct? That And so let's talk about that. So the great uh, Corey Thomas did that for me, illustrated mm -hmm. that for me, lettered that for me, inked that for me. Wow. He is that man. And everybody says, oh, get somebody else to do part two. You did, we were waiting for so long. It was like, I cannot move away from here. I just, <laughs> I'm at his, <laughs> I'm at his mercy. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I'm busy right now, but maybe around October we'll get together. Yes, we will. So. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. Well, you, well, you got your art team. You're like, yes. no, no. So and that, and that's, stay with them. That's what people always say. The look of it. The look mm -hmm. of it, it takes mm -hmm. you back to. And it I does. said, that's all Corey. That's Corey. That's awesome. That's a great look. It, 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 Jason did a good job printing it off for me. Yes, so. mm -hmm. yes, he did. Um, mm -hmm. I know for me, like the look, it reminded me of like more of an animated, like yeah. like static shock feel, like an animated yep. type of TV show. Yeah. And that's what I was like. Definitely. Hmm, okay. All right. Let's get to our final guest, who is joining us via audio only, I believe. Um, Dorfus. Dorfus Jean is a comic creator and screenplay writer who began their career in 2015. Spirit's Destiny was their first published comic book. Their most recent accomplishment includes creator and writer of Spirit's Destiny, Fauna, Y2K, and now Nia Kaler. They are currently a freelance writer for the comic book community. They also continue to pursue diverse projects, including creating content from film scripts to video game scripts. Um, she's a comic creator and screenplay writer. I think I copied it in there twice. Sorry, I started to read it twice. Yeah, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> Welcome. I think you're still on mute. Um, there you are. Yeah. Yeah. Can we hear you? Can you there you are. We can hear hello, you now. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Tell us a little bit about Spirit's Destiny, your most recent um, Kickstarter. Um, okay. Uh, Spirit's Destiny is my first comic book based. I'm, I'm Haitian, so I wanted to come out with a, a Haitian superhero. Um, there's no uh, female Haitian, Haitian superhero. They had Dr. Voodoo, which is a male. So um, I created her based on uh, my persona when I was much younger. And um I wanted, I and I was inspired uh, to create her because after the Haiti earthquake, and I'm like, we needed a hero. And um, when I first did it, I did it to send the comics to Haiti, and then um, I got more inspired because many people were so enlightened um, behind the the comic book that I created, and people was actually liking it because I did it as a hobby. You know, I paid for it, and I'm like, okay, maybe uh, writing comics is not a bad thing because I did went to film school. I learned how to write film um, screenplays, so I'm like, okay, let me just jump into comics and see how far it can take me. So now, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on issue three. I came out with another comic book, uh, Mia Kaler, which was based on my best friend, my, my best friend, and I'm working on another comic book, uh, actually with Haitian artists from Haiti, um, Makandal. So uh, I'm actually expanding my my universe, and I'm trying to. Uh, show people more about my culture. Um, I see a lot of people are actually infatuated with the Haitian culture. So I'm actually um, teaching a lot of people about um, about Haitians. Like we're not just about voodoo, you know, uh, teaching about our fortes and our, our weaknesses, our, our, our good and bads about our culture. So um, that's my main goal right now. Very awesome. cool. Very, very awesome. 
Well, guys, you ready to jump into headlines for tonight? Yes. Let's do it. All right. Well, our first headline actually doesn't load. I added yesterday and it doesn't load. Ready? Jesus. I think we got some background going yeah, on. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, we got so it wasn't load, but it was about how indie comics are killing DC and Marvel in one area, and that is in optioning films and TV shows out, and and the the popularity of these these indie comics being turned into film and TV series. So, what's your take on that? We got several um film uh, uh people in here so i thought this might be a good topic to kind of jump in with do you think indie comics in general have better stories to tell for for film than dc and marvel do yeah yes yeah, I, um, kind of <laughs> let's hear it let's hear it <laughs> whoever wants to go first <clears throat> I Brian. <laughs> hey Brian. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Yeah, whoever wants to go ahead, Jordan. First. Go ahead. Uh, go first. I landed it kind of because indie comics have the freedom to tell whatever story they want to, right? And Marvel and DC, you're always going to piss off people who think that they know the Marvel and DC stories. And I feel like we really saw that in WandaVision particularly, where mm. everyone was convinced it's going to be Mephisto. And then there was no mm -hmm. Mephisto, and a lot of people felt like the season finale wasn't the payoff that the series deserved just because it wasn't Mephisto. And I think that indie comics have the freedom of telling more diverse stories or stories that are unexpected just because the general public is not as familiar with them, right? Mm -hmm. So they can kind of just do weird stuff, whereas Marvel and DC are kind of pigeonholed into people are familiar with your stories, and if you don't tell them the way that you people want you to, they're going to end up pissed off. I like that answer, actually. Charlene? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll jump in. I think that comics is seeing the same trend as every other form of media, where there's TV, film, music, whatever. I think mainstream has had a good run you tell the same stories with the same characters with the same people from the same group all the time and you have left out a whole 98 percent of of society and it's always been an underworld an underground an undercurrent you know what i mean where people can say hey you know go down there on 31st and main and knock on the door and ask for bob and go to the back and they got all type of cool books about Black folks and Latino folks and trans folks and people with tattoos and, and 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 piercings and people have always been looking for that and indie comics, indie film, indie music, whatever it is, they, we've harnessed that. We've been harnessing that, you know. And now it's coming up to the forefront. And and, and those same people who were going to comic stores back in the day and going to poetry readings back in the day and going to the indie clubs back in the day. Well, now they're producing films and they're producing TV and, and they're saying, this is what we want to see. This is what our whole nerd and blurred communities want to see. And we're bringing it to the forefront and people are gravitating towards that. And you're going to always have 
your DC fans, your Marvel fans, your Dark Horse fans, whatever, whatever, whatever. But when you do get that really good story that everybody can dig into, and, and it's just dope because it was written well, it was directed well, it was cast well, and it was so creative and something that you hadn't seen before, people are going to jump on it. Whether it's something like Stranger Things uh, with the Duffer Brothers or anything in that vein, people are going to gravitate to it because I think people are kind of sick of business as usual. You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, I, how many times am I going to see that? I'm, I'm seeing the same thing yeah. over and over again. How many times I got to see that? I can write this in my sleep. And then here comes somebody from the left with this uh, whole original concept. L look what Lovecraft Country did. Look what it did. I mean, it was like, hey, she coming out the out. Where's she coming from with all of this? It was just, <laughs> it was just must see TV because it mm -hmm. just broke the norm. People are tired of the norm, you know? And and, and I, I'm I'm personally glad it's our time. That's yep. our <laughs> Dorfus, you got anything to add? One example I'm going to use is Roy. You know, he started off in yep. the indie community. And look at him. He just got uh, signed with Dark Horse. And um, yep. he's one of the main people uh, I met uh, when my first Kickstarter failed. He gave me so much advice. He told me what I should do, how to uh, promote myself, how to market myself out there. And look where he's at now. Uh, the, the big three, they need us at the end of the day. Because they're running out of stuff to write, they they don't have like they're everything's repetitive. They keep rebooting everything, so they're signing indie creators to bring more content to their publishing. And um, when I saw Roy got signed with Dark Horse, I was I was so happy for him because he came out with an animated movie that was funded by Kickstarter, and he had all these books. And basically, he was uh. Saturating, he was helping, showing us, showing us different ways how to um, learn about his culture. Like he he put placed his language inside the the books. Cause I was learning how to speak um his native language. So what what they really need um indie creators right now because they're running out of stuff to write. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And Roy's a great example of that unique studios. If you guys are out there, you have a very cool model where you can subscribe to an app and get access to the library of books. It's a really, really great deal. Um, well, the black nerds redefining the culture by pushing back against centuries old stereotypes, a historically overlooked community is claiming space. It was long denied. This whole article talks about blurred culture um and so uh, the the reclaiming that this is not just a white pastime but this is this is okay this is everybody's space um let's talk about that when when did you feel like it was okay to be a blurred when did i feel um when i was in high school they called me uh they used to say i was weird i didn't really care i liked it i always i, I was always eccentric I was the only one in my family that was reading comics that was actually into all the uh, the nerdy stuff. Um, now that I see, because I'm a teacher, I'm a war history teacher, and I see most of my students are like, you know, very in tune, uh, being a blur. They're not, you know, shy about it. They're very uh, nonchalant about it. And then I'm just like looking, I'm like, when I was younger, if I was doing this, I would have been picked on. But, you know, um, I'm just glad that right now, you know, everybody's like so open about it. You know, even even though we had to, some of us, 
um, we're low key about it. I'm just happy that, you know, more kids are actually getting involved. They're reading comics. Um, you know, they're watching sci-fi, you know, they're just getting into it. Jordan, what are your thoughts? Mm, I don't know that I ever cared whether or not it was okay. And I, you know, so growing up with Brian as my older brother, Brian's about seven years older than I am, uh, which is kind of a significant age gap when you are in grade school. Um, but he was always into comics and that kind of stuff. And we have another brother, Michael, who's 12 years older than I am. And he took me to my first comic book convention when I was like five. But it was kind of one of those things where he didn't necessarily want to. It was, well, if you're going, you need to take your sister with you <laughs> kind of situation. So it was always just a part of my lifestyle. And so it wasn't something that I considered whether or not people were going to say, oh, this is okay. Or, oh, it isn't. Or you're cool. Or you're not cool. Or I just didn't really give a shit. I was kind of doing my own thing. And I was fortunate enough to be blessed with the gift of gab so that I never really felt like I got picked on for it. If somebody did, like if somebody was going to snap on me because I was reading comments, I was going to snap on them for something else kind of situation. So I genuinely just didn't give a shit. And I will say that it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy to be a teenager and be like this emo kid who shopped at Hot Topic, who read comic books, who wanted to grow up to be a writer and be black. It wasn't easy, but I just didn't give a shit about how hard it was. And I am glad to say I have a, a nephew now who's like in his early 20s. And we started bonding because he listened to emo and metal. And I found that out when he was a teenager. And it just so happened I rolled up to pick him up to go somewhere. I'm listening to Avenged Sevenfold. And he's like, how do you know about Avenged Sevenfold? And I looked at him and said, how do you know about it? And I always kind of teased him and say like, I walked so you could run, okay? Like you have the life that you have because I was able to do this and didn't give a shit about it. <laughs> so awful. it's just one of those things where like, I never cared how difficult it was. I was just gonna be true to myself and what I cared about. And I can say now I'm happier that I lived that way and that it's so much easier for kids now behind me. Cause Gen Z does not give a shit about anything. They don't. They really don't. <laughs> oh, sorry, Charlene. Uh, I think I was pre all these labels. Um, when I was coming, I think I'm the original Generation X. And when I was coming up, you know, Wyandotte County, KCK is a very, don't nobody give a damn type of town. Like, whatever, dude. You know, <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> Oh, I just won the National League. Girl, get out of my face. Nobody care about that. You know, so you just you just navigate, just do your own thing. If you can make it out of here, you can make it anywhere. I tell you. But uh, you know, it was it, I, it just never was um thing to me. My dad always read comic books, always read comic books. His favorite was Jonah Hex, you know, Jonah Hex and Ghost Rider and um anything western. And then also he was a big X-Men fan as well. So I just, he would leave him on the bathroom floor. So I pick him up and read him too. I mean, he was an avid reader and I was an avid reader as well. And I just, and I always wrote, I never forget. I won a, um, I was talking to my mom about this last week. We were laughing about it. And I won an, a writing award from the daughters of the American revolution. And uh, they came to give the award. And when they saw it was a little black grade school in the black part of town, they said, oh, wait a minute, this has got to be a fake. She couldn't have wrote that. <laughs> it was a whole to do. But I, I wrote the essay and I won it. And that was my first writing award in the third grade from the Daughters of the American Revolution. He was beside themselves that day. I remember that. It was like, what the hell? 
<laughs> if I, where I'm from, writing is not a job. It's not a career. Either you work for the government or you work for the auto company or the, or the factories or you teach. That's it. Those are the three jobs everybody, you know, that's it. That's it. That's it. They don't, they don't tell you, oh, writing is a career. Film is a career. You know, acting is a career. They didn't tell us that. So you just put that type of thing on the back burner. It's just something that you did with your friends or you were just rapping in the bathroom or whatever the case may be. It wasn't until I got way later, you know, living in New York City and working at film, they were like, you can really write. I'm like, it's not a job, is it? Yeah, it is. People make money doing that. I didn't know. It's, it's just something that I just always did. Just, just always did. Writing, music, whatever. I was just, we weren't encouraged to do that type of thing, Brett and Tyler. We just weren't, you know, you got a job. That was it. You know, you don't bring stupid dreams like that. And, and, and them careers aren't for people like us, you know, that didn't happen for us. And that's just, and then when I saw people actually doing it, when I started meeting people in New York and LA that were actually working in the field and they were making TV and film and writing and I said, this is a job. I was led astray. <laughs> that was food. That's when it came to me. You know, it, it was just something that I always did. And 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 the, the term nerd or blurred, I just, I mean, if, if I didn't make the grade, we got beat. You know, <laughs> you had to have an A average. I didn't know if that was being a nerd or not. You know, my daddy was six, five, three hundred some pounds. He played professional football. You didn't want that smoke. I didn't want that. I didn't come home with nothing but so I didn't know I was a nerd, you know. <laughs> I was just surviving. <laughs> trying to live you know <laughs> but um the, the the culture is changing and um the blurred movement is a serious movement it's a real movement it's a powerful movement you know our dollars our support that blurred support is everything you know and and i, I love it i love it like i said I, i'll say i'm saying all night our time has come we are here baby you know <laughs> the nerds and the blurs are here you know and i love it it's great Agreed. So going back to what we kind of first started talking about, where where indie comics and and is beating DC and Marvel. Um, have has anybody watched Invincible yet? Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes. I haven't really says, watched it yet. I'm gonna watch it tonight. Yeah, I have not either. So so you're not alone here because I I want to watch it, but just haven't had the time yet. Um. So this article says Invincible is a bad show with a lot of potential. Um, let's let's just talk about that for a minute and invincible in particular um, but then a lot of times um, in general indie comics are bad comics with a lot of potential you know so mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah but let's talk case. about but that that's how we minute. that's how we that's how they grow though if you yeah. listen to what folks are telling you yeah if you listen <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw a, like a little clip and the guy you know, I don't know these characters. I just saw the little clip and the guy just demolished like like seven guys and a, and a woman just smashing people's heads. I'm like, yo, I got to watch this. Like, let's see what's going on. He's so violent. I'm like, wow. Then, then, then you should definitely read the comic. That, oh, that was the thing that, that tripped me out because like so many people like... The comic is worse. Than yeah, the, it is. It is. Because I had some friends come to me about it. They were like, yo, it was so dark. I was like, have you read the comic? They're like, no. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> I, need it. I need that in my life. Then. <laughs> yeah. So read definitely the read the comic. If you like to read the comic. I definitely saw it this weekend. I didn't read the comic, but I definitely saw it. And I was just, mm -hmm. maybe I better read the comic for some reference. Yeah, because uh, it's, because I don't think a lot of people were ready for the darkness. 
because he didn't know. But I, I it didn't bother me. The door, I'm, ready. I'm ready for that. I'm ready. Being a huge DC fan like I am, I wish they were more dark. You know, the Snyder Cut was just what I needed. That's how they always should look. It's you know. But, I get yelled at when I talk about that up here. Don't don't. Hey hey hey! I got your back. <laughs> but um, I, I think I better read the um comic for reference so so I can get a better understanding. I mean, I understood it, but I was like, I don't want to be a little bit better than that. But <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Jordan? What, what did you feel about? Have you uh, seen? It? I have not read the comic, but I did see the show and I work in fashion, but I work in like pop culture based fashion. So of course we were all talking about it on Monday, my coworkers and I, and we were all just kind of like, I've never gasped at a cartoon before. And like, these are all people who watch anime and who are like deep in the nerd culture. And we were like, I've never had the reactions that I had to this show. And I'm very yeah. curious to see where it goes. Cause mm -hmm. it definitely went places that other shows don't. I think, my takeaway from the article and, and what bothered me about it, and I don't want to pick on this critic because I don't know them and I don't know their background. I think the, the beef that I had with the article is that just because you don't like something or you don't care for it or you're not the intended audience doesn't make it bad. And that's exactly. just kind of my beef with the internet in general right now is that like everybody yeah. is their critic. Everybody yeah. thinks they're an expert and mm -hmm. everybody thinks that their opinion matters. Where like sometimes... I hate to say it this way, your opinion does not matter. And like, you no. don't have credentials or the education or the, or the experience to back up your opinion. And I don't, I, like I said, I don't know this critic, so I don't want to shit on her, but yeah. just because she didn't like it, doesn't it make it bad. bad. Exactly. And it's like, Tier, what do we say about lot. reviews? Huh? About reviews? What do we say about yeah reviews at the dispatch? They're always. <laughs> don't let me get your book. No, is that, <laughs> that what you're talking about? No. <laughs> reviews I, I'm, are... I'm the bad guy reviewer, so a little let Brit say. Well, I have to agree with Jordan on that. I mean, you, you notice I said that I had to maybe just understand a little better. I didn't say, well, I didn't like it and you shouldn't like it either. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. are we taking it right? back to middle school? <laughs> I don't like Kim and you can't like Kim either. I mean, come on. It is what it is. And I think we have too much of that in our culture. If you if you could just make a post on Facebook. And if people don't disagree with you, they become keyboard ninjas telling you all their ideas and their feelings and thoughts and how they don't like. Girl, please. Boy, please. Yeah. If, if it, it's it, not, you just click off of it and go to something that is. Yeah, the, the funny part is like it goes back to uh, what you were saying earlier about uh, with, with Scarlet Witch when you brought that up. And that's the reason why so many people were mad because a lot of people didn't know the comics. They only know Scarlet, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. But they only know Scarlet Witch from the movie, and they heard about the comics, and they heard other people say Mephisto, so they're like, "Yeah, Mephisto." The one is not Mephisto, and it's actually, you know, the 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 witch that trained her in the comics that practically raised her in the comics. In the sense, not really, you know. Um, they were like, "Who's this? I don't know who this is," and it's like. Just because you don't know who it is doesn't make the series bad. The series what? is still good. You know, what? it's just you didn't know what was going on because it wasn't to your what you wanted it to be. And y'all are right about that. Like everybody wants things to be what they want it to be. And I think in a sense, it kind of is kind of ruining entertainment. I think that's my personal opinion, because now a lot of those bigger companies are looking at the masses. and are like, oh, well, people don't like this. Let's do that. Whoa, damn, people didn't like that. Let's do this. DC, for instance. People like what Zach was doing. But then a couple of people, it's too dark. I can't see colors. Okay, let's make it bright. I don't like that. <laughs> you know, and it's like you can't win for losing. So and it's like the same people that asked for it didn't like it when they got it. 
it, it's weird. It's weird. Well, weird. It's, it's probably the main reason why I haven't seen WandaVision because kind of like what you and Jordan both said, I'm not a Scarlet Witch fan and it's, mm -hmm. it's not for me, but please enjoy it. You know, yeah, have that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I mean, I, I, when it comes to X-Men in, in, in the MCU, I'm a whole different if it's Hulk or Nightcrawler or something of that nature, I'm there. I'd like to see something with Nightcrawler. He's one of my favorite, but I'll never see it. But, you know, it is what it is. If people are yeah. enjoying WandaVision, let them have it. Let them yeah, have yeah. it. Let yeah. them enjoy it. I, yeah, just, I, just I just don't understand when entertainment what became something that you couldn't enjoy. I thought that's what it was supposed to be for. Yeah. Then yeah. you, right? Okay. Yeah. I, I agree. Oh, yeah. I wholeheartedly agree because I know even like even uh, I'm still trying to remember the same, Brett. Because you know I always joke about myself when now, especially now that I'm back reviewing. Yep. Probably should have said that. Probably ain't gonna get books. <laughs> <Yeah. now. laughs> but uh, but even though I do like if I don't get like there's books that I've not given a high rating, but I still enjoyed the book. Mm -hmm. And I'm not gonna sit here and say this is a bad book and no one should read yeah. it. I always say, you know, this is where it didn't hit for me. But this may be your cup of tea. Like the last book that I reviewed, um, and I told people like with the art, like for me the art worked, you know, because I thought I felt like it fit the thing. But I know some people aren't gonna like it. But I'm not gonna tell people like if I didn't like the art, I'm not gonna tell people don't read this as crap. The art sucks. Yeah. That's my personal opinion. <laughs> you know, uh, read it if you want to. Like it may be right up your alley because I know people like different types of art styles. You know, mm -hmm. some people may not like the more comic-y type art they might like the animation style art or the mixture yeah. of you know manga and western comic art and you know just or just the basic smaller art um but when you see reviewers like you were saying like what she said in the thing like i didn't like it so you should not watch this like yeah. that's not what reviewers siskel and ebert never no, did that no. <laughs> you know so I miss about right. the cons because when, when you work the cons, you get all types. You get everybody from mm -hmm. all throughout the gamut. And I've had people stop at my table and be like, what is this? I don't want to read this. And they just storm out. And I'm like, man, you just like, got all of your feelings. That's what yeah, I'm Come like. over here starting trouble. That's it. Your story sounds like the story I had. You know, <laughs> they, they read it. I like the art. And they buy it. And she was like, well, I don't like art, but I like the story. And they buy it. You know, it, it yeah. takes all kinds. It takes mm -hmm. all kinds, you know? And it is what it is. It's entertainment. Yep. Well, I love that debate. Yeah. <laughs> and how we got under reviews there. But let's jump into the meat of the night, the fantasy genre. Mm -hmm. Oops. <laughs> I love that dancing. Oh. What was that? <laughs> Oops. Yeah. You got you, you brought some secret stuff, some secret ammunition out today. I see. <laughs> so let's start with talking about fantasy. What got you into fantasy as a genre? And 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 call out your favorite um fantasy, whether whether it's movie, book, um, comic book, um some other type of medium that I'm not thinking of at the moment. Um <laughs> uh Dorfus, let's start with you. Butterfly Effect, that movie right there. Ooh, such yeah, a good movie. movie. Yes. Such a good movie. That was a good movie. I was reading about that the other day because my my much younger brother, again, uh, 12 years younger than me, uh, brother-in-law, um, that movie fucked him up as a middle schooler. <laughs> it was, it was I, too much enjoyment out of that. But yes. Oh. That's a good yeah, movie, um, 
I, I used to watch a lot of X-Men, um, but Butterfly Effect, and um, I was a big fan of um, Star Wars. So, yeah, my uh, language arts teacher um, actually put me on Game on Star Wars. He made us watch every single Star Wars movie, so I became a big fan. That's awesome. And, um, That's a teacher right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and look what the teacher, because of what they did, now you're a comic Yeah, now I'm a teacher. Now I'm, things. I'm, and now you're a teacher. Yeah. Yeah, my, my students, all they want to speak about is comics and stuff. So they actually, uh, they they found that um, my, my comic book online. They started, the internet is, is crazy. It's very crazy. Because <laughs> I've been trying to hide from them, but they keep finding me. <laughs> funny. I hear this, uh, the, this, hear this, the hardest thing for teachers to do is hide from their students, especially oh. the higher the grade. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Jordan, what, what got you into fantasy? Disney movies and Don Bluth movies were absolutely my gateway drug. And so I really just wanted more of that, like, princess and dragons fix. Um, and I originally, like, my love of that came from, like, young adult novels. It's so, like Tamora Pierce and Sabriel and that and Lord of the Rings were just all my jam growing up. And it just kept going until I found more and more like that. That's awesome. Charlene. Yeah, so when I was coming up, anytime you got anything fantasy or animated on the TV, you was like, oh, you know, that ABC movie night on Sundays. That was the jam. That's the only <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons and that ABC movie night, boy. You know, I used to love, you know, seeing those movies, man, just the fantasy. And I'm going to tell you, I never forget one thing that really, um, really hit me. We were at The Hobbit in grade school, and then they showed the uh, Rankin and Bass animated um the animated movie. I was like, oh, yes. man, look at that. Oh, look at that. I mean, it was just so magical. It was so freaking magical to me. That last unicorn and all that. And of course, you know, Jim oh. Henson and all the fantasy he created. You know, I don't care if it was Emmett Irish Jug Band or Muppets Take Manhattan. It was just fantasy. I think the 70s and 80s was a great time for fantasy, whether it was Thundercats or anything like that. We just, we just really got to dive in feet first and just have some good, you know, content. And um, you really saw people's imaginations on fire. You know, uh, one of my favorites used to be Pirates of Dark Water. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. 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 Longo, Longo. yes. Ah! Yes. 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 <laughs> ah, man, that was a joint. Brave yep. Star. Um, yep. You know, um, Dungeons and Dragons was a huge, huge, mm-hmm. huge show for me. I love Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. And when teases with that Buick commercial, making us think they're going to come out with that movie, I lost my shit. I said, what was that? Did you know? Did anybody see that commercial? Did anybody see that commercial? The Dungeons and Dragons commercial that came no. out. No. Go to Super Bowl. Oh God, you got to Google it. So, just adding on to that, you know, just it's just so many, so many good bodies of work, and I, um, I took it all in. I took it all in, and I, and I, and I knew, you know, I, I, I dreamed of doing that type of stuff, but I just couldn't figure out how, you know, mm-hmm. how. I'm gonna tell you somebody else yeah. who really pushed me in, in that direction was Spike Lee. You know, you didn't see too many African-American people. And when he came out with the barbershop and she's got to have it, and especially school days, that was it for me. I mean, I know I know that's not considered fantasy fiction, but it was still, you know. A milestone. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yeah. yeah. It, it, I just found out he, and I, I bought them, he had a, a four-issue miniseries through Dark Horse. Um, oh, yep. wow. Yeah, so uh, you yep. can search that out, Spike Lee. Um, yep. Best they say, uh, 
Go ahead. I know you were saying, like, I just had to say this because it was over mine. I know you, and I agree, the 70s and 80s was probably where it was good, but they say there was a white substance, white powdery substance that was responsible for all of that. <laughs> that can induce some fantasy. Oh, white substances. Mm. <laughs> oh. Best mm. fantasy comic you've ever read. Oh. I want to give um, Jeffrey Johnson Aeneid, I think is how he says it, um, comic. Um, part two's on Kickstarter now. That's a really good fantasy series if you haven't read it. Really Aeneid? good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Dorfus, you were about to say something, and I, I'm so sorry I, I cut you off. No, you're good. I like um, Greg Asanana. That's a nice, yes. um, that's, that's a nice um, fantasy comic. He has, and he has different variety of comics, so... Yeah, that's what um I've been learning from him. Plus, he's my editor, so kind of biased, but his books <laughs> is just uh it's amazing. Greg's a good guy, good guy. What about you? What about um you, Jordan? Best fantasy comic. <laughs> so I my answer is a cheating cop out answer, and I will admit that right off top. Uh, my favorite fantasy comics are the Cross Gen World, like the world that Cross Gen Comics created. Because mm -hmm. they all, if you got deep enough into reading all of them, they all connected, even though they were all like wildly divergent uh, in genre on the surface. But once they connected them, they all became this huge fantasy story. And within that, I would say that my favorite book that crossed and released was Ruse, because it on mm. the surface was this like Sherlock Holmes kind of story. And then as you kept reading it, you're like, wait a minute, there's fucking magic? There's magic and Sherlock Holmes. This is the best thing I've ever read. <laughs> well, now I got to read it. That was a hell of a sale right. on it. <laughs> right. I mean, good luck finding it because they all got discontinued. Not <laughs> eBay. eBay. Yeah, yeah, eBay has eBay. everything, kind of. <laughs> Charlene, best <laughs> fantasy comic. Oh, God. There ever. is no way. Um, all the stuff I read. Um, God, what would I say? Who would I say? It's hard for me. Uh, I'm a big Etrigan fan. Um, um, I'm a big, um, I love Jeff Smith and the Bone series. Those are graphic novels, but I love Bone, Return to Boneville. And, and oh, who do I pick? Uh, I don't know who I would pick. Justice League Dark is one of my all-time favorites. Ooh. I love Detective Chimp. I think yes. he's underrated. People disrespect yes. Detective Chimp. I don't like it. So much, so much, you know. So watch much. your back because he got a lot yeah, of they're like, the, um, the thing that gets me. Yeah, this is hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny you mentioned Detective Chimp, though. Yeah, because everybody noticed the Detective Demon. In, 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 I don't know if y'all saw that, but you'll notice him, Detective yeah. Demon, and he's very much like Etrigan and Detective Chimp, like rolled in the one, and um. And, I thought uh, I was invincible. I was like, are they trying? To, are they trying to make him etrogen? He's yep. not etrogen because he's not speaking in rhyme, but he's mm -hmm. not the pimp because he ain't a monkey. So what is yep. it? Yeah, yep. they they merged them. They merged them. Good one, yep. Ty. <laughs> I caught that too. I was like, hmm. I saw Dorfus <laughs> coming on and off mute um, a couple times there. Did you want to answer back to Brian? Is that why you were unmuting? Because um, he seems to think you forgot an editor. <laughs> Oh, Brian, I also <laughs> work with Brian on a <laughs> but, um, Don't call Brian, him out. Don't call him out. Let him just be relegated to trolling the YouTube comments. 
he, he does this a lot. He makes the show fun. <laughs> yeah, Brian, uh, let me know about the other fantasy editor. But Brian's also is another um, great editor as well. So, so speaking of editors and and bringing a book to life, um, what are some elements that go into writing a great fantasy story? Because there's such a wide range of fantasy, um, as we've heard from your answers so far on the show. Um, so, what are some some of the core elements that just every great fantasy story has? Whoever wants to go first. Great planning. Okay, I, I saw. I think Dorcas, go ahead. Well, the main thing is uh, the great plot and theme. Um, since I've been working with Greg, he has, um, as an editor, well, he's my editor, I'm plotting a, a great outline um, and, um, and the theme of the story. Those are the most important things when it comes to um, writing a fantasy. And um, he made me research a lot. Like I had to actually read other comics to actually help me uh, successfully create a great outline for my fantasy comic. That would seem key. I did. I did interview somebody one time, not not calling anybody out, but who had never read a comic before they wrote their own, um, and that wow. that surprised me. <laughs> Jordan, elements of a great fantasy story. Uh, world building. You have to know what world they're in, and I have two examples. I think that are like really great world building and and very poor world building. And so the great one is uh, the third Harry Potter novel, right? Like we by the book three. That book is a very clever, like, mystery story. But it's also fantasy just because J.K. Rowling had already built that world. So you already know that the world that you're dealing with and where you're living at, and, like, they have dragons, they have all this different stuff, and all these different elements of the world she built come together to, like, make this mystery happen. Uh, and I do have to have the caveat of fuck J.K. Rowling because she's a transphobe. Um, but, you know, anyway, like, she, she built a great world that we were already living in. And so that's why that story is so great, because it's not necessarily a fantasy story she told. She told a mystery in book three. Um, and opposed to that, two of, two of my least favorite Disney movies, because they didn't build the world for shit, are Cars and Frozen, right? Mm. So, like, Frozen is a princess story, but I think it's... I, I can't stand it because the plot doesn't make any sense because they didn't build that world. Why can the rocks talk? Nobody can explain to me why that movie has trolls and why the rocks can talk. And I can't stand it because like this, there are just things in that movie that don't make sense. Where did Elsa get her magic from? Like there are just things that don't make sense because they didn't build that world for anything. You gotta watch Frozen Two, Jordan. That's where no, they explain. No. That you can't make a movie that is just filling the plot holes of your first movie. That's bullshit. <laughs> Do it all the time. Honestly, yeah, Star that's Wars did it. That's why we got a part two. To be honest, nitpick is cars because they didn't world build cars at all, and it really bothers me. Like, where do car babies come from? Where do car babies? Come from? I don't want to know. Ma to be honest, the manufacturer. It comes from the manufacturing. I'm just wondering, but you got a no! point. <laughs> sense if you really think about the world of cars it makes no sense because they didn't world build that at all yeah so like put that's a, it all comes put a down pin to, put a pin in world building your setting you have to build that world because otherwise yeah. i can't buy into your plot put a pin in world building we're going to come back to that right after charlene answers um because i have a question on world building charlene uh, what what's your core of a great fantasy story so I say two things and I'm not trying to kiss Jordan's ass, but I got to agree with her again. So <laughs> you got to build a world. One, one, 
Um, and like the old folks used to always tell me, you got to spin a good yarn. You know, you got to write a good story. You can have all these um, all these great characters and all that, and the story is is crap. It's a horrible, horribly written story. And um, and you get so excited and you say, oh, I want to read this, and you read that shit, and you're like, I want my money bag. I'm going, I'm, I'm going to the box office to get my money bag. Somebody about to get their ass kicked up in here. I just spent twelve dollars up in here. No, I, I want my money bag. So write a good story. And that's one thing that um um I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but you know, I built toot a it. world. Toot it, toot it. It's fine. It. I do it all the time. You can do it. <laughs> I, I he does. And, and I didn't mean to, but I did. I had all these separate stories. And then I said, well, wait a minute, what if this connects to this like this? And then I said, wait a minute, what if it comes is one big world that they all come from? I said, here we go. So um, as I told uh, Ty and Brett, my biggest obstacle is finding good artists. And and um, if I could ever find the artist to roll with me, it would be so much more material out for me. But that's for another day. But you got to build a world and you got to tell a good story. You got to put people in that first, first two pages and pull them in. Pull them in. Mm-hmm. But people's attention span these days last, what, 15, 30 seconds, something like that. They they said it's, it's real short. I mean, fuck yeah. this thing. Yeah. You got to grab them. And once yeah. you grab them, you got to keep them in there. You know, mm-hmm. when, when people sit up there and finish reading your story and they say, well, what's the issue too? You said you ain't got it. They need to get pissed. What you mean? You know, that's when you know you, you, you got them. Something. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't do those two things, you know, please. Okay. So I will go back to Wilson. Wilson asked a question just a second. Malachi needs your glasses, Jordan. Okay, thanks. Bye. Um, uh, Malachi, I will send you a link to my glasses privately. Uh, the The question from Wilson, I do have an answer for that. Well, yeah, I want to get to that. So so that piggybacks nicely on, on my next question. So Wilson asks, how do you find the balance between world building and raw entertainment? And my my question was, how much world building needs to go into fantasy story? Does everybody need to be J.R.R. Tolkien? So, Jordan, go ahead. You you have an answer ready to go. Go for Not it. Not everyone needs to be J.R.R. Tolkien, but I will say, God, I'm so on Disney today, but I guess there won't be in a fantasy. A movie doesn't get enough credit for how well it was written, and it was based on a comic book, so I feel like I'm just tying everything together right now, is Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Because Who Framed Roger Roger Rabbit is just, it's a very well-written movie, right? And they really took their time with it, and they really deviated from what was in the comic book to craft a good movie. But also, you know everything about that movie that you need to write at that time. And and I can't speak to how they did it because I didn't work on that movie, right? But I've seen it 9 million times. I can quote it front to back. I just watched it last week. And you just know the world that you're in. Like you don't, there are any questions that might you might have are somehow answered by that movie. And there's even a part where like Eddie Valiant's character gives you the whole plot of the movie in one sentence where he's like, oh, LA has the best public transit in the whole world. And you're like, oh, fuck. That's the plot of the whole movie in one sentence because they wrote a tight 120 minutes. So I don't necessarily have the answer like, oh, this is how you build a great universe. But like who framed Roger Rabbit fucking figured it out. So just go watch that movie and and piggyback on it. Like, I don't, I think the thing is you need to, you need to anticipate questions and even being a a DM, like right, going back to Dungeons and Dragons. So I DM weekly and there are questions that my players ask when we're in the world that I've created. And I'm like, I didn't think one of you assholes was going to answer this, but also I've played in this world enough that I can come up with something off the top of my head that will satisfy your curiosity in this moment right here. 
And, and as a writer, you need to be able to do that. Even if you don't spend 130 pages on laying out your world, you need to be able to answer the questions that people are going to ask about your world. I like that. Agreed. Dorfus, what do you got for us? How, how much world building do you think is required? Um, and, and how much do you think it's raw entertainment? Uh-oh. Let's jump to Charlene then. Yeah. Dorfus is on mute. Do you know you're on mute, Dorfus? Okay, well. Um, yes, yeah. I was on mute. You go ahead, Charlene. Okay. okay. Um, that's one thing about it. I, my very, my first comics are always lengthy because they're build, they're introducing you to the world. They're building a foundation so that you can understand the character and understand what's going on. They're always probably 46 pages or so. And people say, well, that's so long. But I'm, I'm letting you know everything that's going on. You have the whole historical context behind it. You know how people got their powers. You know why they're going against this person and that person. And you understand everything. So the next comment is going to be 25 pages or so. We're just continuing the story. Um, I didn't send you guys a copy of Gumballs. But that's a very good example of... Um, how I did that. And I just gave every gave the, the, the whole background on how this young superhero got her powers, why she got her powers, why she was chosen. And people, I didn't think anybody would like that. I was like, well, you know, it'll probably sell, you know, maybe it won't. People loved it because they understood exactly where she was coming from, why she was coming from it. You know, it wasn't any mystery to it. You know, it's like, oh, I see now. Okay, I understand. Same thing with Black Star. Only reason why that wasn't forty some pages is because I ran out of money and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I up in two. I know how that is. Like, oh, got to edit. We're running out of money. <laughs> yeah, you know. So the, the second part. The second part, um, the second part, you know, it just finish the story. But you understood what happened to her. You see, you she came into work one day, everything was fine, and all shit, all hell broke loose. You know. Mm -hmm. And you understood, you know, you understood how everything came to be. So, I mean, it, it, it's, it's very important that you lay that foundation. You know, no matter how to read your mind, you know, I've been this damn book and I got to sit up here and, and, and be a damn uh, mind reader too. I, I ain't got time for that. So you throw that shit in the trash. <laughs> and you, you say, Jordan, don't read that. I hate it and you hate it too. <laughs> Agreed. Don't <laughs> Dorfus, let's get you on here. Uh, uh, world building. How much goes into world building? I'm sorry, repeat it. How much do you think needs to go into world building before you, re uh, when building a, a good sa fantasy story? So it's, it's a lot of work because it's, it's going to be something that you're going to continue building, especially building around that character. Um, from what Greg told me, he says something that's going to be lasting over time. And I'm still like, let me tell you, when I first started writing comics, I didn't do no outline. I didn't do no world building. I was just freestyling like I'm a freaking rapper. So now that I'm in tune, learning how to build my my uh, whole universe and stuff, is I have got much more intense with it. Like I have put much more time into it and um, building a theme, trying to figure out what's going to happen in this story, how to intrigue my readers and stuff. It's a, it's a lot of... Um, you have to put a lot of time into building your worlds because you got to know what's going to happen in, in the next issue. Um, does it fit? Does it make sense? So um, I've taken like for issue three, I have taken like, like over a month just to write it because I had to actually read comics to uh, about 
building a perfect, not a perfect world, but a very eccentric world that fits in my fantasy comic book. So that was my homework from my editors. And I've learned that from even from Brian when he was my editor. He made me read comics and I'm still reading comics to actually influence me when it comes to building the world. So we got to, you know, give big ups to DC and Marvel for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love I, it. I could also add this too, Brett. Mm-hmm. Uh, building the world is very important, but, you know, it, it, you know, like it has to be well written. It has to be a good story. But for me, one big challenge was always like, what's the ticking time bomb? You know, what's right. the ticket? You know, you can write a good story, but okay, it's a good story about what? Like, this is superheroes. What what are they saving? Like, what are they doing? Like, how, you know, so I always have to think, okay, what's going to be the ticking time bomb in this issue? What's happening in this issue? And keeping it fresh and exciting and intriguing and, and something that people want to read. That's a, that's a big challenge for me. It really is. You know, so I, I have like to step that. away a lot. I like that. I like that. What's the ticking time bomb? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're at an hour mark we're, we got a couple oh. more questions to go through I do want to take this moment to remind everybody that hey if you oh. like seeing guests like this on the air you like uh, the conversation that's going on we got a Patreon you can oh. support us you can help us continue to create patreon.com slash indie comics dispatch pretty sure my son just popped in the back frame back there that's cool um, uh, you can support us for as little as $3 a month. Um, go to patreon.com slash Indie Comics Dispatch or search Indie Comics Dispatch in the Patreon app and we will come up. Um, go support us. Uh, we've got tons of great stuff coming down the line and it's really a great value um, for, for you. you, get, you you're going to be getting tons of stuff coming down the road. So um, what are, what are um, some fantasy tropes um, that are just overdone? That just we don't need to see any more stories with this. Uh, Charlene, I see you shaking your head. You got something for us? (laughs) Let somebody else go first. (laughs) I try to get my words together because I got so many. It's like I ain't I don't want to see this shit no more. What what has been overdone? I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I don't want to see any more boy wizards. I am done with boy wizards. Um Uh, I have two, and I can go now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So my first one is violence against women in the name of like historical accuracy, and I'm looking at you, Game of Thrones. But when you know that there are all these times where, and lots of fantasy stories are guilty of this, where they have some kind of violence against women, or some kind of racism, or some kind of bigotry, and they're like, "Well, it's it's historically accurate," and I'm like, "Bitch, there are dragons." Show me where dragons are in history, mm-hmm. and then maybe I'll think this rape was necessary. But as of right now, you mm-hmm. just created a fantasy world and you decided to include rape in it for no fucking reason. And mm-hmm. I don't need to see that. I'm trying to be entertained. Mm-hmm. Um, my second one is also just the magical Negro trope, and that happens across media genres. Oh but like, in Ooh. fantasy in particular, because we have magic, there are a lot of times where people go to like visit some magic black woman or magic whatever, and I'm like, I don't, I don't need this black person to further the story of white people, mm-hmm. right? Like white people can do yeah. their own thing, and like black people can be a part of that, but like, they don't need to save you, also. And like black mm-hmm. people also serve their own stories. Mm-hmm. So those are my two that I don't ever need to see again. I don't need to see any more violence against women, and mm-hmm. I don't need to see any more magical Negroes ever. Can I please go? And so yes, ma'am. Once again, to piggyback on Jordan, for me personally, and this is just me, you know, you can do what you want to do. I don't need to see any more slave movies. I don't. Mm -hmm. Um, I always tell people that 
that is not our history. That's just an interruption of African history. It's one branch of a very big historical tree. What happened to Jordan? Anyway, um, well, one. <laughs> Jordan! Okay. Got me. It's fine. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I tell people all the time, it's just one branch of a big historical tree. That's not our, our story. That's not our, our future. Uh, we all, I mean, please teach it. Please know it now. Know it. But don't shove it down my throat and up my ass every five minutes. I, I don't want to see that on like as 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 we are is entertainment and it's not entertaining to me to see somebody strung up or whipped or all this. Other, I just ugh, it's, it's I don't want to see it. When I click on the TV, I want to feel good after I've watched something. Okay, I don't want to sit up there and relive four hundred years of trauma, and I, I, I am over it. You know, I want to see I want to see the story of of Toussaint who took who who beat the French in Haiti. I want to see the story of Mansa Musa. I want to see the story of Queen Nzinga. There's a lot of other stories you can tell about us. I, I'd even like to see a story about historically black towns and, and how we built up our own wealth like we did Preach. in Oklahoma. We, with so many things that we have done, we have overcome that, and I'm tired of you shoving that in my damn throat. As a history major, as somebody who's been on the plantations and worked in plantations and, and, and people are from historically black town, Bowley, Oklahoma, Quindoro Township, I know it. Okay, we overcame that. So please keep putting that on the screen as as all we are. It's not. It's not. We're so much more than that. First female millionaire was Madam C. J. Walker. It's a sister. And she finally right asked them. God, you know. Yep. Let's, let's mm -hmm. yep. Going. I don't want to see that no more. So I do want to shout out Milton Davis Jr. real quick, prolific writer, indie writer um, of novels, not comic books, um, who just writes uh, so many amazing stories about black people that aren't centered on on trauma. Um, and so yeah, yeah. Um, check out Milton if you haven't yet. Um, Dorfus, I'm going to let you you answer, but I do want to point out one thing that came to my mind and having you on in particular um, may have triggered it for me. I don't know, um, but I am tired of seeing white writers write about Papa Legba. Um, so I'll let you speak to that, Dorfus. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm really, really tired of that uh, because uh, they're getting the information from Google. Like mm -hmm. the uh, like last year, one of my um, colleagues they contacted me and they wanted to create a, a Haitian character. They came to me because I'm Haitian. I'm like, I'm like, thank God. I'm like, I'm glad you didn't Google because Google will say the same bullshit. I all I always like. I got a Muslim character. I want. I I basically. Found a Muslim creator that's assisting me to write in that um that character. Like we gotta respect people's cultures. Like when I see people writing about other people's cultures and they're disrespecting that, I'd be just ready to like curse their ass out because I'm like, come on now. Right. Like Google could only give you so much information. You want the authentic information, you go to the source. Like if I want to write about a Nigerian character, I'm gonna go to a Nigerian so they can educate me. Cause me, I like to tolerate so much information. But that that's my problem right there. And um. I, I wrote a Haitian character, a Haitian female character yeah. that's based on me. So I can, you know, I can do that. I can utilize that. But, you know, I just, yeah, I'm getting tired of it. Like, not everybody, you, you can't get everything from Google. And I just feel like if it's going to be a black female character, it should be written by a black female. That's just me. And even if they're not Muslim, they can utilize that information from a Muslim. And that's what which I did. And learn from it. Like we need to learn each other's culture. Like I can't write a white man. I would literally pay a 
a white creator to write a white man. That's just me. That's just how I am because I can't write from their perspective. We all we all have different perspective on life. Great points. Yes. Great points. That was, they mentioned two of my things. What I'm tired of seeing in fantasy, which is well, what two were those? The magical Negro and black people. And black, <laughs> it's, it's, either, it's either we got it's either we got magic or we getting our ass whooped. And, and, I, and I am. I'm I'm tired of that. I'm, oh. I'm tired of like. I'm tired of ideal of saying, well, this is real. This is hard. This is the black life. Shut up. I read a fantasy book. Like, seriously, I don't want to. Like, I, I've talked to you about it before, Brett. Like, I, yeah. I'm a black guy in a white state that drives a nice car. I can get shot anytime. I don't want to see that shit. That could happen to me any day. <laughs> you know, so I don't want to see it either. Just like how you were saying, Charlene. I, no, no, thank you. <laughs> you know, so, but yeah, those are my two things. Movies. I used to go to the movies to escape. You know, I used to go to the movies to escape. And go to different places. I remember when Star Wars first came out. That's how old I am. I'm telling on myself. I went to go see it at the movies. And I had never seen no shit like that before in my life. And this new thing called Dolby Sound. What is Dolby Sound? Oh, my God. It's phenomenal. I could feel my feelings rattling. It was just a bomb, you know? It took me to a galaxy far, far away. Yep. You know, and it wasn't no no tripping, no color, no. I just it just took you there, you know. Yep. And that's what we. That's I think that's what we do. We take people to some place that they don't. They're away from their problems, you know. Yep. Want to read no shit yep. that traumatized me? Uh, an extension sure. of my work day. Yeah, and I, I leave the book and I'm shaking, and then I get in my car and I'm shaking. Thank you. Final question before we we go and record patron only content. We have one question that 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 the panelists will answer tonight, and it's going to be the top indie fantasy comic recommendation. You can only hear the recommendation if you're a patron. We're going to record that after this show. So sorry if you're not a patron, you're not going to hear that. You can sign up right now. Uh, my good friend Quentin Rushing, host of Quentin's Injured Work, reminded me that you have to spell comics with an X. So if you're searching Patreon. Yeah. App. you got to spell indie comics with an x at the end indie comics dispatch and you'll find us we'll be right there uh, probably not the best branding decision on my part to to do the x uh but it was uh intended um yeah, the x is good it's different and yeah, what brit meant what brit means by sorry you're not a patreon is get over there and sign up as little right as three dollars a month we just posted six yeah. reviews today on the dot com so six yeah. reviews come on you got um, more coming because I'm gonna be busy. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. So last question live on the air tonight. Unless you guys got any questions out there in the audience right now, pop them in the chat. We'll try to uh, go out in a rapid fire style if you guys have any other questions. Um, but how do you make your your fantasy story sound unique, stand out in a crowded genre? Because it really is a crowded genre. I feel like ever since um, you know, the the Lord of the Rings movies came out, it's had a resurgence and it, it's a crowded genre now. Anybody. Anybody? I never watched Lord of the Rings. I kind of scared me that little guy with the little big ass eyes. I was like, nah, I was not feeling that. Gollum. Gollum? The blessings. How does he yeah, say that? Right there, it scared me. I was like, okay. <laughs> oh my god. My daughter, when That's she was hilarious. little, one of my daughters, because I have way too many kids, and one of my daughters had had these huge eyeballs when she was born, and um. We called her Smeagol, probably scarred her for life. Um, it's that okay. messed That's messed um, up, Brit. <laughs> I just researched what was out there. I just, I, you know, I just knew there was a a niche for what I was doing, 
because nobody else was writing sisters with the power of a supernova cleaning up the streets of Brooklyn. So okay. I'm like, ain't nobody doing this. Let me do it. Bam. You're right. And, and You're I right. said with gumballs, you know, she's a, she's a, a grade school hate hunter. I took it back to the Gullah Geechee culture or in my case, you know, Bowley, Oklahoma, Charlesville, Oklahoma, Quindaro Settlement, which are all exodustra towns and everybody knows what a haint is. You know, it's a, it's a demon. It's a ghost. It's a whatever the case may be. That's why you always had the haint blue ceilings and the haint blue door to keep that evil up out your house and for coming down your chimney. And she's a grade school haint hunter, you know, and who else is writing about that? Nobody. So let me, let me put my stuff out there. I mean, that it was as simple as that for me. Anybody can piggyback on what somebody else is doing. Well, you're just going to fall into the the abyss, you know, you're going to get lost. But if you write in something that nobody else has done, well, you get the recognition eventually, I hope. You're right. And and Brian, Brian, I am not good with Gollum. I'm sorry. That's, that is not my (laughs) best. It's my Jordan this time mm-hmm. because I 100% agree with you. You just tell your story and you tell it authentically. And mm-hmm. my goal is that I host a Dungeons and Dragons live stream on Q Times, which, you know, because of Critical Role now, Dungeons and Dragons live streams are, and that is a saturated market. There's one every hour of every day whenever you go on Twitch. But I specifically wanted to do one because I noticed that there was a lack of representation in that sphere. And when I did it, I never said like, oh, we're going to be the best one or we're going to be the blackest one or we're going to be the most, you know, original one. I chose plot points in my adventure that were our known Dungeons and Dragons things. Like we did a very abridged version of the Strahd campaign within my campaign. I wanted to be able to bring in Dungeons and Dragons fans who may not be black, but my cast and I were very authentic that this is who we are. We're an all black cast. So this is the, the story that we're telling is going to have a black spin on it just because this is who mm-hmm. we are and we're true to ourselves. And we have a very dedicated following on our stream now, not because we're doing something different, not because we're so original, not because we're so fucking special, but just because we are an honest group of people who are getting together every week and authentically telling our story. I love it. That, that kind of brings up a question. I think this is our first question tonight. But do you think because of that, because... Of black folk and us not seeing a lot of those things with our characters or with our stories like you know where Dorfus being from um haiti and other black people being from nigeria and all other parts of the world and different parts of the united states because there's, there's different cultures in that too you know with us that we're able to I, and i don't mean this as a um as an insult but for us it's almost like shooting fish in a barrel you know when it comes to us creating a story because it's like Huh, I wonder if anybody's doing that, Google. No, no one's doing that. Like, literally, I got two stories. Two, yeah, two of my stories. Uh, Ayamo Stigmata, which is about a Tuskegee Airman that gets slung shot to the other side of the galaxy during World War II, and Arisha Exos, which is pretty much taking the Arisha and making the mix. Nobody was doing it. And that was the reason why I was like, the idea hit me. And I'm like, hey, let's, let's, let's get on that. Like, do you think that authenticity is honestly what's propelling a lot of our stories? Like, I... I think it is, but I want to know what y'all think about that. If y'all feel that that authenticity is what's raising our stories up more. I definitely think that's what's raising our stories up more. And especially, I think it ties back into what we were talking about earlier in the episode where like 
I'm not going to shit on the MCU or the DCU, right? Like they're both doing their thing, but they also are telling stories that we've seen over and over again. And that's one of the reasons that like Tom Holland Spider-Man is like my favorite Spider-Man out of the the movies because they didn't fucking show Uncle Ben dying again. Why? Because we don't need to see it happen. We've already no. seen it in two other movies in the past ten years, and we've been reading the comic books since they premiered. Like we don't need to fucking see Uncle Ben die again. And and Far From Home and those movies are taking a character that we know, but telling new stories with him and they're not authentic stories. And I do think that's one of the reasons that Black stories right now are so valuable and so interesting because they haven't had their share yet. They haven't had their platform. And so this authentic storytelling is something that people are hungry for because it's a new story, you know? Like a lot of the shit that we're seeing is just so stale and reboots have happened, right? Fan fiction has happened. Like all art is fan fiction. If we go back to the fucking uh, Sistine Chapel, that's just Bible fan fiction, right? So like we've seen all of this, like there's not a whole lot of new art happening and reboots happen and, and that's fine. Reboots are valid, but people do want new stories. Yeah. That's my favorite line from the night. Sistine Chapel's just Bible fan fiction. It's gay, is it not? <laughs> I mean, you're right. Dante. Dante is just Bible fan fiction. Um, I do want Pretty to circle much. back. This is this is, I think, an important question, one that we did actually um bring up during um um the representation comic book series that we that we we did on the dispatch. But um I want Dorfus to, to answer this. Um it's in the YouTube chat. Do you mean that all female characters should be written by females or only the main characters? Um, what's your thoughts on that? I don't think all of them should be written by females, but I think you should get your resources from a woman. Like, you can't be writing about a woman and from your perspective, you need, should, should get that um, resource from a woman. That's what I think. You know, I've seen guys write female characters very well because you know why? They're getting their perspective from a woman. Now, when you go into Google, and um, when I see these guys have these characters with women with size double H um, boobs, and I'm like, bro, her back is hurting. Like, how did she, you know, like, you know she, 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 going on? Like, come on now. That's what so, I was going to reference, Dorfus, and I didn't necessarily want to cut you off, but like, there's that meme that goes around where they're like, this is how men write women. And they're like, yeah. she bounced down the stairs with her booby tits. Like, that's not, you need to have a female editor or a female consultant. Yeah. Like, or they're like, oh, she got depressed and her breast seemed smaller. Like, I've been sad a lot. My titties ain't never deflated. Like, you need to ask a woman how this works. <laughs> that's it. That's the issue I always had, like with Power Girl. I'm like, she got all this power and got that thing going to crack of her ass. Like that looked uncomfortable to me the whole time. Like that has to hurt. Like, and then these huge big basketballs for tits. And I'm like, who drew this? And then it had to learn to have a belt on. Like, what's oh. the belt on? It's like, what, what, what about Starfire? She's all naked and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, oh, come on. Going back to WandaVision, the difference in Scarlet Witch's costume in Age of Ultron versus Scarlet Witch's costume in WandaVision. In yeah. Age of Ultron, they didn't ask her what she would have worn, and it was all booby tits. In WandaVision, they asked her, and it had like a high neckline and pants. Because if I'm going to fight somebody, I want a high neckline and pants. I am so glad that y'all mentioned that, because I've mentioned that before. You know, do your research and people research. Shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. So I'm so glad that y'all was because oh I'm sorry, go ahead, Charlie. 
like the Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman. She had the skirt was this, 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 and then they showed like what some dude had styled, and they were like half naked. I'm like, there's a little swimsuits. What is that? And and I'm thinking to myself, Wonder Woman don't kick ass or nothing like that. And I was like, this is crazy. I mean, but you know, once again, did you ask any woman how that would feel to have that little coochie cutter skirt on and be lifting your legs up all like that and doing the back? No, you didn't ask anybody, did you? Because I don't know. I don't think you could carry that out. I don't know. And it's and I I know I did this. I know I did the same thing for stars because stars is one of my titles. Was a whole female group. And I just ask women, okay, what do you think about her outfit? Is this showing too much? And the first thing, like, I'm my, one of my characters siphon where her outfit is a little more revealing. Um, she has shorter shorts. And I'm like, do you think this is too much? And I'm like, what are her powers? And I told them what her powers were. I'm like, you know, she can uh, siphon your, your stamina, your health, and also your powers. I'm like, she can do it through her clothes. I'm like, but if you touch her skin, it's just going to pull you out. So in a sense for her, it's like a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were like, oh, okay, well, that works. You know, <laughs> but I like I asked and I'm like, hey, it's, you know, in this situation, you know, how do you think, you know, there's a, there's a group of women. How do you think they react? Are they all, all going to be friends? Are they all going to agree with each other all the time? And literally every time I ask a woman, they're like, hell no. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, so it's like, so I, Put, so I put that into stars, you know, it's like, yeah, they're friends, but they joke each other. They, you know, have issues with each other. They look at each other and like, yo, she's, she's, she's being dumb right now, you know? And a, a lot of women who read that comic like that comic because of that, but it's because I did what y'all said. Like you can be a guy and write a girl. I think I, I have a title where literally it's all five girls. Um, and then I have other titles with girls in it. But I did the research. I asked questions like like Dorfus was saying earlier, you know, I have, I have a character from um, Barbados. You know, I asked friends who were who were from Barbados, like, what is some slang terminology? What are some things that you would say for this? You know, you know, how would they how would you do this? Or what is you know, tell me something about your culture. Like is is are, are you know, people in Barbados, are they highly religious? You know, because I gave her a backstory and I wanted to make sure it made sense. And then when I showed someone from Barbados that they were like, oh yeah, 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 that would make sense. What what happened there? That would make sense. That would happen, you know. So I'm so you glad that you are saying that. What's up? You lost the bat. No, I didn't. I didn't lose the bat. Malachi Bailey is hashtag Poochie Cutters. <laughs> Malachi, if you don't know Malachi Bailey, you need to. I love um. him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anybody. I've I've seen I've seen the names um, many, many times in different groups, but I, I, I don't know anybody. I'm sorry, everybody. That I'm sorry, Dorfus. What? I said I love Malachi. Um, me and him, I, I, we, I spoke to him that we should have a one-shot comic book with both our characters. You should. You recently released them some art together, so that kind of yeah. primes the pump. I, I love that art. Thank um, you. So this kind of brings us to the end, everybody. And so we're going to we're going to say goodbye and we're going to go record our patron only bonus question, fantasy comic recommendation from our panel tonight. Um, Everybody out there, um, thank you for watching. Um, (laughs) Aaron, thank you um, for watching. I think this is the first episode Aaron's ever watched um, here. He's probably not watching anymore. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, We'll see Uh, because he's he's on often. I'm not sure how often he watches. uh, um, 
Charlene, we're going to be friends. Okay. <laughs> Everybody, thank you so much out there watching. Charlene, Jordan, Dorfus, thank you guys so much for being Anytime. here tonight. Anytime. Thank you. Honor you. I appreciate it. Was it. Jordan, it was good to meet uh Dorfis. Am I saying it right, Dorf Dorfis? Yes, it's Dorfis. Yeah, correct. Dorfis, yeah. Um, it's good to meet everybody. I've been in Met Tyrone and Brett, it was phenomenal meeting you as well. So everybody just keep creating. Absolutely. All right, everybody out there. We'll see you next week for Indie Comics Dispatch and Friends, the first show of April. Catch you all next week. Bye. Later, bye. Why are you still listening? It's the end of the podcast. But since you listen to the whole thing, since you're still here at the end, as this podcast ends, as you exit out of the episode, why don't you give us a rating? And if you're not following or subscribing to us yet, go ahead and do that too. As I said at the beginning of the show, it helps a lot and you'll be doing the dispatch a big favor.